All right, everyone, welcome to episode eight of the Backyard Banter Podcast. My name is still Matt Harmon. Eight episodes in, got the same name. That's a bad joke, and I need to stop making it. That's like the third time I've made it, and, and I need to come up with something else to say. Um, but anyways, yeah, thank you for tuning back in. Really appreciate everybody listening. The support's been great so far. Um, we've got a really great guest um, I'm excited about today. I, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, when are you going to bring somebody in from NFL.com, somebody you work with NFL media? And, you know, I figured, like, there are a lot of you know, there's a lot of people there that everybody knows. You know, there's Adam Rank, there's Marcus Grant, you know, whatever. There's the ATN guys. All those would be great to come on. I was like, you know what? I want to bring in any of those guys as my first NFL media guest. I want to bring in my coworker, Matt Franciscovich, a.k.a. The Franchise. The uh, the only the only other guy in the office that gives me beard shame because he has the best <laughs> beard in the office. Uh, and so yeah, franchise, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm really glad to be here. I've been listening to this podcast uh, a couple episodes now, and it's really inspiring. And I think you're doing a good thing here. And it's I'm really excited to be on today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's definitely been inspiring for me to hear all these. Pe- I mean, that's the cool part is like I get to talk to so many interesting people. Um, it's been great. And if you're listening, I, I've, been, I've been trying to make it better, man. You know, that's the thing. Like you start a project and then it's going well and you're like, I want to make it better. So if you're listening today, I actually I have a new mic. So hopefully this sounds better than before. So there's a lot of resources going. I, I care right. about this thing, man. There's a lot going on. But yeah, totally so upgrading. completely upgrading every, yeah. every, you know, every, every, every all season, just trying to get better, man. Just trying to make the, make the, make the team better. But cool. yeah, so franchise, we'll just get started right away. Sure. Um, you come from a bit of a different background than the other people that I've had on the show. Like, but I, but I want to start kind of at the beginning. Like, what's your history with football? Like, and and fall, you know, getting what we like to call you know the sickness. Uh, like, what? How did that start? Like, as as a young person for you? Uh, I, I I guess the first real memory I have is I think it was 1995 when the Steelers were playing uh, the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure it was 95. And the Cowboys had won, you know, a couple in a row at that point or, you know, they were the hot team. And I lived in upstate New York. Um, my dad was a Jets fan. And me and my sister, my older sister, we just we just wanted to root against the Cowboys because we hated them and we did not want them to win anymore. So we like printers back then were old and crappy and we printed like this sign to put in our window in our living room that said like go Steelers beat the Cowboys or something and I remember I just remember like hating the Cowboys and wanting the Steelers to win and I'm pretty sure the Steelers lost um but that's like the oldest memory I have I didn't like grow up playing football I didn't grow up in a family that comes from football or anything like that I would play like front yard football with my buddies and stuff outside but um as far as as far as NFL is concerned, um, I just that that Super Bowl in '95 kind of attached me to the Steelers, and then I remember I re- was really into Cordell Stewart, and I really enjoyed watching him play when I was a kid. He was exciting, um, and then from there there on out, I just kind of made the Steelers my team. Um, and you know, as I grew up, football wasn't always like a huge part of my life. And it only became a big part of my life maybe four or five years ago when I started writing about it. Um, but I've always watched football. But I'm not one of the like like the like you said the other guys you've had on here have been pretty hardcore football for a long time. Um, I'm not one of those guys. My story is a little bit different. But you know, I love watching it. I love talking about it. I love 
<sighs> football is great, man. Like what I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just, uh, it's so exciting. Sunday mornings are real exciting still. It's like Christmas 17, 17 times a year. So, yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, you and I, obviously like we, we work together, we sit right. We actually sit right next to each other on, on Sunday mornings at the office yeah. there. And, and franchise is definitely very, uh, he's very passionate about like what during the games, you know, do you like, you got a guy that's like, we actually, we, yeah, we played together in a championship this year and it was, you know, yeah. it was fun because you're probably more emotionally expressive during the games than I am. I'm not going to say who yeah. won, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's not the guy with the nickname. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, me. It, it was, yes. But anyways, so, <laughs> but that's cool because, you know, just because you didn't grow up like, obsessive with football doesn't mean you're not passionate about it. And, and I think that's an interesting thing, but you mentioned that you're like, like I said earlier, your background is a little bit different. So what were you doing before you were a fantasy writer for NFL.com? Uh, I was, I've okay. So I've always been a writer, like in high school, I was, I just had, I was just liked to write. I guess I was good at it and people, I got feedback from my teachers and stuff, you know, said, keep writing. So I just kept writing about stuff. And then when I got to college, it was more about music. I, I got into uh, writing about like album reviews, show reviews, stuff like that. And then I became the A&E editor for my uh, college newspaper. Um, and then out of college, I got an internship at a music magazine called Relics, um, which is kind of like a jam bandy magazine. Um, and they also owned a site called jambands.com. So I did that for a year. I was covering shows, interviewing people, uh, reviewing albums, stuff like that, um, all with the goal to get hired in, uh, in the music industry, which is what I went for, to school for. Um, and then after that, that year internship, I was that was in New York City. I actually lived on my friend's couch in the Bronx for an entire year, commuting into Manhattan every day. So that was an experience. Um, but I got to go to a lot of festivals and stuff. And then um, after that year, I got hired by a record label, which was called EMI, which is now non-existent in America. Um, it still exists in the UK. Um, but I got hired at EMI in the publicity department. Um, I was actually the assistant to Katy Perry's publicist, which is quite a contrast to like the jam band wow. world. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from like being this like, I guess, jam band head kind of guy, like going to Bonnaroo and stuff. And to working, like, booking glam, like, makeup for Katy Perry. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, quite a contrast. So not exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a music writer, but I was in, a pre in the publicity department, so I still got a chance to, like, write press releases. And um, a big part of being in publicity is, like, reading album reviews. And, you know, there's there's a huge database of music critics and I was trying to use that to my advantage to like kind of weasel my way into some sort of publication. Um, but I soon realized that writing about music was hard to do and get paid for, which I feel like fantasy football is the same kind of deal. Um, you have to do a lot of freelance stuff, a lot of stuff for free before you actually like break the door down and you can actually make a living out of it. Um, so I guess I, I worked at Capital, which was called Capital Records in New York City for about three or four years. They relocated us to Los Angeles, which is where I am now. Um, and I worked in Los Angeles at Capital in Hollywood in the radio department, which completely sucked for like two years. 
Um, so I worked why, in the radio department. It was, it was, it was, my job was basically all administrative. I was basically paying invoices and booking travel for like contest winners. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever dealt, like when you're listening to the radio and they're like, oh, win a flyaway show to Vegas to see Elton John and you know, the hotel is included and the airfare is included. So I was basically the guy booking the travel from these people that lived in the middle of nowhere, like booking their flights to go see Elton John in Las Vegas for two nights or whatever. And dealing with contest winners is a, a, beast, of it, a beast of its own. These people are out of their minds. There was this contest called the million dollar piano contest where they gave away Elton John's piano. Um, and this woman actually believed the way the contest was worded that she was actually receiving a piano that Elton John played, but that wasn't the case, but not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People are crazy. Anyway, I, I did that for two years, but I, I got, um, you know, I knew it was time for a change and I had been playing fantasy football at that point for a couple years. I had started a blog just to like talk trash to my my friends in my league so i would do these blog posts like once or twice a week where i would preview all the head-to-head -head matchups we had and i would like circle certain players on the roster and like put little blurbs underneath like talking trash about them like why why would you start so and so of a guy um like you're an idiot and then that guy would end up blowing up that week and he would win and then all my friends would talk trash back to me but uh, they it sounds my, like real work now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And my buddies enjoyed it, and they enjoyed they enjoyed the trash talking part of it. it gave them something to look forward to because I was like making these like PDF documents that were like game previews week six, and everyone was like, "When are the previews coming out?" And that's what kind of got me into writing about fantasy football. Um, <laughs> quiet. We've got dog participation uh, on the show. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, that, that, that's okay. If to to pull peel back the curtain here, you know everybody knows that uh, that follows me knows I have I have Charlie. Uh, franchise actually has another a dog, but like they're both like pretty similar size. His name's Bruno, and Bruno's a tight dog too. Uh, he's he came over here once before, so no, there's there's just always remember there are two two dogs representing NFL fantasy. There's Charlie and there's Bruno. So he's just making his he's making his presence felt. Yeah, Bruno wants everyone to know he exists, and I'm ignoring him, so he's barking at me. But yes, been there. Anyway, I had this blog that was, you know, for my league. That's how I started writing about football. My friends, I got good feedback about it. My friends liked it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try. I was not happy at capital booking invoices and paying invoices and booking travel for people. So I decided it was time to make a change. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to Google some fantasy football websites and like email the info address and see if anyone replies to me and see if I could do some like test articles. Um, and that's what happened. And I reached out to, to the sites I reached out to. Um, one was the fake football, uh, which a lot of cool guys still work for. Um, Jeff Brubach is the guy that I made contact with. I think he's a co-founder of it. Yep. Um, yep. And he was nice enough to just say, go for it. And like, let me write an article. I think, I think my first article was like something about like running backs to avoid or something. And it was, it was the off season. So they didn't have a lot of content pumping out and they were just like looking for stuff. So started writing about that. Um, what year, just context wise, what year was that? Pretty sure it was the 
beginning of the beginning of 2014. So like that off season. Mm-hmm. So not that long ago. No, oh, yeah. Um, and the other site that actually had like a writer submission thing, like apply to write for us. It was called Sports Injury Alert, which I don't think exists anymore. Um, Blaine Blantz is the guy that I I made contact with, and now he I think Sports Injury Alert merged with Fantasy Pros, um, and Blaine is still involved there. Um, but that was just like. Uh, you got paid per click for your article and you had to have, they had like a thing where you had to like pump out 20 articles in a month or something. You had like a quota to reach and it was just, it was straight injury news. I remember writing an article about uh, Nate Burleson, like when he broke his arm reaching for the pizza in his car or something like, yeah. So that was fun. And um, it gave me the experience. So I would, I had my day job. I'd work at Capitol records during the day. And then come home at night and then try to pump out like one or two injury alert articles. And I do the fake football stuff on the weekend just to get stuff out there. Um, so those guys kind of opened up the doors to me. And I'm grateful for that because that's really how I got started writing about football professionally. Um, and I just started pumping out articles and, um, uh, through a family friend, I actually got in contact with a guy named Andrew Regal, who now I believe works for the Wall Street Journal. But he um, he started what was called Big Lead Sports, which I believe sold to USA Today and is now owned by them. Um, and he, I just kind of wrote down some questions for him, like how can I get started? Like what can I do? And he gave me some good advice. And the one thing that stuck with me that he told me is just, just produce content, whether you think it's good or bad, just keep producing content, get it out there, get it out there for people to see and keep doing it. Cause if you're not producing content, there's n- nothing, there's no work for you to show people. So like that was the biggest thing. So that inspired me to just like keep going, keep doing these injury articles, keep doing fake football stuff and just get, get stuff out there as much as I could. In the meantime, I was, applying to every sports related job I could find in the Los Angeles area. Um, obviously with uh, focus in football. And then Andrew hooked me up with a guy named Ryan Benini who does fantasy football for USA today. Um, so I had some phone calls with these guys that were nice enough to take the time to talk to me that were established and they gave me some great advice and they both kind of said the same stuff. Just keep pumping out content, try to, Try to make something that's yours that's different. Like make yourself stand out, whether you're like a crazy numbers analytics guy, whether like you, you have your reception perception thing, which took off, like that's unique to you. No one else is doing that. Like try to find your niche because there's all these, there's all this stuff out there, but like kind of like what separates you, like what makes you different? And it's the dummy to keep, keep, I don't mean to butt in there. Keep going. In. Sorry about that. No, it's fine, man. So what, what do you got? I think that you hit on two really important points that, that come up a lot. And, but, but that's because they matter. Uh, the one is like, keep producing content. Cause I, I get that a lot. I get people that will email me and, you know, be like, Hey man, like, what do I do to get started? And it's like, I always tell people like, well, just get started, man. Like, yeah. you know, if you, Cause sometimes I'll come I'll be like, people will come at me with like ideas. I actually just, somebody last night I was, was responding to an email that I got and the guy wrote this 
like really long email and, and it actually took me like a week to respond to it. Cause sometimes I'll open up, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I'll open up a long email or like get a long text. I'm like, all right, that later. <laughs> yeah, save it for later. Yeah, and then right, maybe forget about it because it's marked as red, and then yeah, I always, I always star though. Like if if I get something right. that, that I'm not gonna read, I always like, will star it in Gmail because I know that I I know that I will forget. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you can't do that to text messages or like Twitter DMs. I've I've forgotten like and been like a week later, been like, oh shit, I forgot to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a bad I'm a bad friend. But anyways, um, I think that that that's so the guy was like wrote me this really long email and he had all these great ideas and you know, some of them sounded better than others, but my, my point to him was like, well, just try it. I mean, just, 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 just do it. I mean, because whether it's, you think it's good or not, at least you have something to, to show. And like when exactly. you're I, like Daniel Jeremiah was on Twitter last night and he was saying like, he's like, I owe, I owe my career to, to Twitter. And like a lot of people responded like with, you know, the typical response, that's not true. You owe it to your integrity and your work ethic and your character. And like, that's, that's definitely true to a sense. But like, I, I responded, I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Because I mean, when you're out there and you're talking to people on Twitter and you're talking to analysts and writers, like, you know, whether you come like talk to me or franchise or whatever, if you have like an interesting like blog post to show, it's like, that is, I'm so much more likely to like take an interest in you or like another analyst is going to take an interest in you. If you have some like just even some work to show. And even if it's a bad idea or whatever, if it's yeah. quality, like you can sense, you can sense somebody's like quality as a writer, what, regardless of whether the, the idea is stupid or not. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and if there ever comes a time where you do like get an interview somewhere, like you want to have something to show, like, here's what I've been doing right. on my own. Like maybe I can bring, you need like a portfolio. You need, you need to prove like you've, you know, you really do want this. And the only way to do that is to actually have content, whether it's a blog spot or a WordPress or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like going into, going into a job interview without being like, uh, without like bringing a resume, you know, like if yeah, you don't have anything, exactly. if you don't have any dish thing to show, then nobody's like, nobody's going to pay attention. I guess you will never, you're never going to get a job without like having prior, prior experience not not professional experience but just like doing it experience but exactly. so i think that's a really important point and then also like one thing that i w would take away from from what you were saying was like the idea of kind of putting yourself out there and just like just reaching out because that's that's the thing that i think people don't realize about um about this industry is that most things don't happen to you like you have to kind of make them happen like, yeah no you, one's gonna come find you you have to go find it yourself yeah very rarely is somebody gonna just like hitch well like small time sites that want you to like create content for free for them will will we'll yeah. come and find you on twitter but like right. in order to get like an actual position more often than not you have to do some legwork there so i think that was an important point but getting back to something else that you kind of i'm going to I'm going to take you back to the beginning of your story kind of yeah, before sure. we get to the next part. Yeah. So what, what was the, what's the difference between being a music writer and being a, like a fantasy football or a football writer? Is there any sort of like distinction or is it kind of firing off the same neurons in your brain? Uh, I think with music writing, it's more about your opinion. It's more, there's, you know, when you're writing about football and you have an opinion, you have to have like the numbers to back that opinion up. 
like the, you know, there's stats in football. There's no real stats in music. There's like album sales or whatever, but that nobody cares about that. That doesn't matter. When you're reviewing a show, it's, I, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's more, it's more like journalistic to write about music than it is to write about fantasy football. Cause you're writing, like if you're at a live show, like I'm writing that you're writing down the songs that are being played. You're writing what you think of them. You're writing what is going on on stage. You're writing about the vibe of the crowd around you. It's about the experience that you're living through. And the same thing when you're reviewing an album, it's about what you're listening to and it's your, your opinion of what you're hearing. When it's, when you're talking about music, there's like actual stuff that happened that you can take numbers, put together and build a point around and try to, you know, prove your point one way or the other. Um, and I think Matthew Barry says this a lot about when he has that hundred facts or whatever he puts out every year. There's always a stat, no matter whether you're trying to make a point that's positive or negative about a certain player, there's always a stat to use for each argument. So whatever point you're trying to make, you you can find a negative stat, you can find a positive stat. And whichever way you spin it or we spin it as fantasy guys to prove our point, that's how the readers take it. Um, so I guess basically what I'm saying is when you're writing about football, there's stuff to actually prove what you're talking about. When you're writing about music, it's just like, okay, what did you hear and what did you think? Like, this song was good, this song wasn't good. It's more opinion-based with music. And with football, it's more facts. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I think that I think that, that like our backgrounds as writers really influences our writing style. I mean, you and I obviously read each other's work a lot. Maybe not by choice, but <laughs> that's what we have to. I mean, I wouldn't read anything I write by choice, but um, but we, you know we read each other's work a lot, obviously, because we have to edit it and put it on the site and everything like that. And yeah, I, I would say that your writing style does have like a very I don't know I don't know how to describe it. I've said this to I've said this I don't know if I've said it to you, but I've said it to like Alex before. That like the when when you write something, it has like a very like calming and like straightforward approach and i don't know if that makes i don't know like i don't know it's it's good to me i to be honest and i'm not saying this because you're on the podcast but yours is one of like my i enjoy editing your work like especially some some of the some of the columns we wrote this year and you know what i'm talking about when i say <laughs> when i say this were particularly enjoyable but and, <laughs> and i think that and i think that that's important because i don't think you should shy like i don't think you should shy away from like your prior like your prior influences as a writer Right. Um, like I know for me, like I came from like a very, you know, like writing long academic, like research intense, like sort of stuff where yeah. like you couldn't see, and now that's clearly reflected in my long, <laughs> totally. just long, long work. So totally. and that's something I think is important, you know, and it's interesting when you come from it, because like you were saying before, a lot of the guys that I've had on the show before, like um, with the exclusion of like, I know like Waldman writes for um, a features magazine, but some of the other guys like, you know, it's, it's been, it, it, you're just writing about football and it's a completely different approach, but I think there's, there's some, there's some advantage to like writing other things too, in my opinion. Yeah. And my experience at the, at relics magazine, like writing for print is a totally different beast than writing for online. There oh, were, yeah, that's true. When I say I had to do album reviews, they were like, they give you word counts, right? So like, because they only have so much space on the page and they only have so much room for reviews. When I review an album for Relics, it has to be like 75 words or like 125 oh words and that's it. 
So like I start writing, like I write a bunch and then it's a process of like, okay, what do I really need? Like, okay, I didn't need to say this to get my point across and you, you edit it down as much as you can. So that might be why, like when I write stuff for NFL.com about fantasy stuff, it's a little bit on the shorter side. I'm just trying to kind of like get it, get in and get out and, you know, get my point across in like a couple sentences, which is hard to do when you're trying to like analyze football players and stuff. But that's, you know, my experience writing for print. They make you cut it down so much that it's like by the time you said the artist's name and album title, you have about 50, 50 words to work with. So, Oh, God, that makes me want to throw up. I'm thinking about only writing 50 words. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah when, I'm, when I write like 50,000. No, I'm kidding. That's a little aggressive. But, um, I, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, there's definitely a difference between like print media and uh, – and digital media. There's a difference between that. And I, at some point it'd be nice to get like somebody with some, like a, like a, that does that, but I don't know anybody off the top of my head. That's just a print media writer <laughs> anymore, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Hard, it's hard to find, but there's, there's definitely, that's definitely true. Like just again, comparing you you're like your and I's writing style. Like you can make a point and make a point and get out of there in like a paragraph when like, I feel like literally like the burning desire to like, over explain the point and like exactly yeah yeah there's and that's probably i mean there's there's (laughs) there's like pluses and minuses to each side um there's definitely probably some readers that are like i would rather read franchises committee meetings you know than and get in there and like get good information and then like get the point get a few facts and like all right i know what this i know what this backfield's about now by the way if you're not reading committee meetings in the season you definitely should it's a really good piece um but those guys there are people that probably would rather read that than be like I don't want to read Harmon blabber on for 3,500 words about Sammy Watkins's reception perception or something. And, and, you know, there's just different, there's different ways of consuming. And uh, yeah. I think, and there's, yeah. there's different uh, variations of fantasy football fans, you know, the more casual fans Absolutely. might not want to spend the time uh, reading about why Sammy Watkins, like whatever you have to say about Sammy Watkins, that's going to take a thousand words versus, me being like, mm, Jeremy Hill sucked this week. Here's why. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, like there's, right. you know, there's various fan like people. There's some super hardcore fans who want to read everything you have to say about a guy, and then there's the guys, the people that just more casual fans that don't have the time for it. Right. They just want to be okay, like, okay, so should I start him or not? Yeah, right, exactly. Yes, start or sit and get out of there. So yeah, it for just sure. you know, it just um, it depends on your audience, and fantasy football is a very broad spectrum of of audience okay we're gonna come back to the music part of it i want to make another point on that but let's keep going with 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 your with your story so you're you're kind of freelancing for some other sites you're still working for capital records what what come you're what you're seeking advice from people in the industry what what comes next um so i got i realized holy crap nfl network and nfl.com is based in los angeles like I didn't know that while I was like doing all this. So I finally figured that out and got on their website and started applying to news assistant jobs, like anything that I thought I was qualified for um, that, you know, that I thought I could get a callback for or something. Um, And then one day I saw this fantasy football editor position posted and I sent the link to one of my buddies who's a huge Vikings fan um, Josh and, uh, 
I said, hey, dude, look at this job description. Wouldn't this be awesome? Like, yeah, right. Ha ha ha. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I doctored up my resume and I put those two websites that I had been writing for the fake football and sports injury alert at the top of my resume and elaborated a little bit and right. posted, posted, posted my resume to that job, to the job posting and then laughed it off and forgot about it. And like a month or two might've gone by cause this is in like January, February. So the post was up, but like they probably weren't looking to hire anyone for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, forgot about it. In the meantime, I think I Googled some names of people that worked at NFL Network, and I found this um, guy. His name's Andrew Howard. He does uh, press. He's like the publicist for NFL media. He sends out press releases and stuff. And I emailed him, and I was like, hey, man, can I just talk to you on the phone how you got to where you are? And the same deal I did with um, Andrew Regal and Ryan Benini, and he just gave me some advice, and he was like, yeah. I was an intern for a soccer uh, minor league soccer team or whatever. And then, you know, he just told me his story and it helped me kind of be like, okay, like he can do this. I can do this too. So this is all in the meantime of me sending my resume and just kind of waiting and keep grinding away at these two smaller websites I'm writing for. And then one day I'm at work, probably booking some Katy Perry crap. And I get a call from Mr. Marcus Grant on my cell phone and I'm like, Oh my God, like this guy's on TV. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm talking to him on the phone. You know, I freaked out cause he's on fantasy live and I was all, I was all gaga and like the bright lights were shining and he was like, Hey, are you uh, we saw your resume. Are you still interested in this fantasy position? And I was like, am no. I still interested? <laughs> no, no, I'm not still interested. No, I like flipped out. I couldn't contain myself. Um, and he was like, can you come by for an interview tomorrow? And I was like, yes. I didn't even have a suit. I did not own a suit at this moment oh, of my life. I'm like 27 years old. I did not own a suit. That night I went out. Bro, that's awful. I, <laughs> What's I, wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, went How out do you not own a suit? I have, I have more suits than I like, will ever wear in my entire life for no reason. I don't know. I'm. I don't, I'm. I'm giving you a hard time. But. <laughs> <laughs> I do own a suit now, just one. But um, went out and bought a suit, and it was like a little too big for me. But I wore it to the interview anyway, and I, you know, talked to the guys there and <laughs> talked to a few people there, and I thought it went well. And I left uh, the office that day with Michael Fabiano's business card in my hand. And I called up my buddies and I was like, I just got interviewed by Michael Fabiano. Oh my God. And I kind of, you know, I was freaking out a little bit. And then, you know, you get home, you send the follow-up emails. Thank you for the interview, whatever. And then like weeks went by and a month went by and I didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything. And I just thought it was a lost cause, but I kept following up. And the other thing I've learned from this whole experience is persistence is so key because if you're not persistent, people will forget about you. If you're persistent and follow up with people and bug them, you know, there's like a fine line between being persistent and being annoying. But if you're following up like once a week, just saying, Hey, just checking in, like, thanks again for the opportunity. want to move forward as soon as we can. And I did that like three or four times and then I kind of gave up because no one was replying to me. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to reply. I'm going to follow up one more time. And 
I uh, send another email to Marcus and they call me in for a second interview. And this is like a month after my first one. Um, and I was like, okay, this is a good sign. They want me to come by again. And I think that's the second time is when I met Alex Gelhar, who's an another one of our editors there, your roommate. Uh, but I sat and talked with Alex and he got a, a vibe from me. And, and then like two days later, Carmen, who was our, who, you know, was our boss. She called me up and said, we want to offer you this position for the fantasy writer. And that's how it happened. Um, the, the other big thing I think is I had, I printed out my articles that I had been doing for the fake football and sports in injury alert and put them in like a laminated portfolio binder. Um, for the people that I was interviewing to look at so that I, I could bring them physically bring them something, put it on their desk and be like, Hey, here's what I've been doing. Instead of being like, Oh yeah, go to the web, this website. Here's my articles, blah, blah, blah. I had a physical like papers, which is a big, I think that's a big thing when you go for an interview and you want to make it's it. It's hard to ignore than a link. Yeah, exactly. It's something you can like leave with when you walk out the door, you can leave it there and they can remember you by that. And, that's my story, man, and I got the job. So, yeah, it's, that's how I, I got remember, in. Yeah, I remember how long the process, the process was. was. Like, obviously, <laughs> you and I have the, and I the have same the job same and thing. all that, and it's the it, it's the same sort of experience. The only difference was like I was interviewing from Virginia, so like I didn't. Right. I never went in for like a physical interview or anything. But did you do video over, interviews or phone? No, mine was all over the phone, which is great because right. then they didn't. Because obviously, if they'd seen how handsome I was, they would have been intimidated and wouldn't have brought me in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to get this guy on the air ASAP. Yeah, right, exactly. Marcus and Alex would have seen me and been like, no, we can't have two handsome mats here on, on the team. That would have just, yeah. they'll, 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 they'll shove us out in no time. Um, yep. They'll be doing news, news, news anchor updates with Patrick Claibon in no time. Um, <laughs> Neither one of us are handsome enough to hang with Claibon. But, anyways, right. uh, so, but it's, it was the same sort of process for me. Like, I, I mean, I remember like applying to it and then being like, well, all right, that was stupid. Why did I waste like 10 minutes filling out that application? Like it's the NFL. They're never going to call me back. Exactly. Like, exactly. But, but that's, you know, that, that, that's a good point too. Like that it just never hurts to try. Like, even if, even if you think there's like literally no chance. And I definitely was like, cause the, the way like that, and you and I probably applied the same sort of way. Like you just tossed like your resume into a what's probably like was a giant pile of resumes like you don't fill out a cover letter there is nothing like that i don't know if you no. filled out a cover letter, which is great because i actually oh. think cover, i hate cover letters they're like my least favorite thing ever but yeah. i didn't do any any of that stuff so it was just you know i think there's a point to that that it just like never hurts to try even if you think that there's like zero chance like yeah that you never know i mean you never know what can happen like so yeah but then it was like a month later that i got an email from alex and i was like oh shit i forgot i forgot i applied to this job yeah, exactly. and, yeah but yeah and then it was you know they interviewed me and then it was it was right around the draft when i got interviewed like to the 2015 draft and they were like all right we're gonna call you back like you know after the draft and it was like i think you know it was like two weeks before the draft so i was like great i gotta wait like another three weeks now and there's just a long but your point is definitely well taken about the persistence because i'm the opposite way man i am so not persistent about things and it's definitely been a weakness of mine like i'm glad that that it didn't hurt me in this in this job but i think that is important for people listening like you know everybody always says that to me too like i, I don't want i don't, I don't want to like be annoying or i don't want to email you too much or i don't want to like tweet you too much or something like that and it's like there's 
it's hard to, I mean, it, there's definitely some annoying things about it, but it's hard to like be so annoying that you're a complete turnoff, I guess. Yeah. In my opinion. I've but had yeah. people, I've had people say, thank you for being persistent because like, yeah, this, this, this uh, example I'm talking about now is like, this guy was so busy in the two weeks where I was, I kept emailing him. He was like super busy and, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to email him one more time. It was like the third time I'd emailed him without a reply. And he finally replied and said, thank you for your persistence because he probably wanted a reply, like, but just forgot about, you know, just was too busy and just maybe start it, you know, like we were talking, start the email and just forgot to reply to it, but he wanted to. So persistence is a huge deal when you're like really going for something. And if, yeah, when you're going for a competitive job. Yeah, totally. And, you know, like I was saying before, when I just kind of blindly reach out to these websites, like if you have the, the guts to do that, like, which it doesn't really take much guts to do, but some people might feel like it does. Like, I don't want to reach out. But if you have the guts to do that, you have the guts to be persistent and not care. And like that time where I was like, all right, I'm just going to email Marcus one more time. And I did, and I got a phone call like an hour later. And I was like, wow, I'm really glad I sent that last email and nobody thought I was being annoying. So, yeah. Again, it's just that sort of thing. Like, you never know. You never know what, what can happen. And, like, the worst thing you can do is, like, limit your opportunities for something to happen. And, like, not persisting, not call, you know, not emailing again would have been limiting your chances. But by, putting yourself out there more, you just only increase your, your chances of something good happening. So I think that's an important point, but yeah. So right now you're writing for NFL.com, obviously like what, what has been, what's been something that you like haven't expected from it and what's been like both. Okay. Like what's something that you haven't expected that's been a positive and then maybe something that's not been so positive. Um, I guess what have I expected? That's what did I not expect? That's been positive. I don't know, man. I, that's kind of hard. I guess I guess it's kind of like being in that office and like being around all those people. Okay, I have I have an example here. Like one of the coolest parts is that former players are around there all the time, right? So like Maurice Jones-Drew works at NFL Media now. Uh, Nate Burleson is a big guy. Um, like I talked about him earlier, right? I did that article for Sports Injury Alert about him breaking his arm reaching for the pizza. And that was like during the off season or yeah, I think that was during the off season in 2014. And um, like a couple months after I was hired at NFL media, I'm standing behind Nate Burleson, like waiting to pay for my lunch. So I was like, Oh my God, like I was just writing about how silly you are for reaching for pizza and breaking your arm. And now I'm like, I think he had dropped like a $5 bill or something that he was going to pay for. And I noticed it on the ground. I picked it up and I was like, yo dude, here's your money. And I was like, Oh crap. Like that's Nate Burleson. And I just wrote this. I just wrote this article about this guy for some web, this small website. And now I'm like handing him a $5 bill. So that's a cool thing. Just like exposure to these, these guys and even like the coaches and stuff that, that are analysts now, like it's cool to be around minds like that and just kind of, They've won Super Bowls uh, and, you know, they just the way they look at the game, like it's cool to be around that and be inspired by that. And I guess I wasn't really expecting that being like a fantasy guy, just kind of like, well, I want to like look at stats and stuff. But there's all these people around you that have done all this stuff in the NFL and 
you know, it's mm-hmm. been their whole life and it's cool. It's just, it's cool to get inspired by that. So I guess that's a positive. Um, I don't know, like, I know your experience, like you, you've made relationships, like you were saying with Daniel Jeremiah, like people like that. And it's just cool to interact with guys like that. Or even yeah, like, there's, there's a lot of like, stuff that you would just never like, sometimes you're like, wait, this is, you know, like, cause it becomes kind of old hat after a while. Like, yeah, yeah, you definitely like jaded and and it's just like this is your you know you're right I, yeah I walked like Lavanian Thompson walked by my desk like whatever that happens all the time but then but sometimes you do have to like take a step back and be like wait a second this is my life <laughs> how yeah. the hell did this happen because it's important to never lose sight that like and even if even like on a lesser scale than that like just sometimes have to take a step back and be like oh shit I wrote about football all day and somebody paid me for it like that's still the coolest thing in the world and it's important yeah. not to like lose lose that passion yeah definitely and then like on the other note is like something i guess i wasn't expecting that was negative like and i've heard you talk about it before like when we're in season and we have all the content all the sponsored content we have to pump out every every day and it's just like the daily grind and the weekly grind that that kind of limits our um ability to, to be creative about stuff and like write what we really want to write about. And like, you know, you have, you had to do the sleepers thing. I had to do like the player comparison thing. Yeah. That um, was the article I was referencing earlier. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, you know, that's, and if that's the worst part of our job, then like, I don't, we probably sound pretty, uh, pretty rude, like complaining about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we can complain to each other because yeah, like we like we understand, but I definitely don't think that like if we met up with a uh, you know a group of people, like if I was to okay, if, just if I was to like com- if 2016 Matt Harmon was to complain to 2014 Matt Harmon like about, <laughs> about oh my god, yeah. I had to write this stupid article about like I had to write this really stupid sponsored article today, and then like me working in like a, in like a social work job. I'm like, shut up. What is wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's a, it's a, like a matter of perspective. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't really, I don't really feel like, I don't know. It's tough to say, like you were saying negative, but it's hard to find negative stuff. That's, that's come out of this. It's all been, it's all been an amazing experience. And everyone I talked to, like when I got the job, everyone was like, Oh, you got every man's dream job, like toasting me and like, you know, so it's been cool. Yeah, it's sick. And it's important to like revel in those moments, you know, because you work hard to like you work hard to get here. And it's important to like, you know, celebrate that success. And, you know, it's you got to be like, you got to be humble and not be like, yeah, that's you damn right. I write for NFL.com. Like, you know, respect me. All that's like, that's the stupid, you know, way to be about it. But same time, like it is, you know, it's it's like it's the coolest thing in the world and you know you don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's the coolest thing in the world but okay so i kind of want to make two like hit on two more points with you before we get out of here um okay. one yeah so one i think and you're probably like you again like looking on the differences between you and i like i'm i'm on twitter all the time i'm yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah yeah like always tweeting always like talking to people and like that that's sort of, you know, that's just, that's just what I do. And I mean, that's, that's, like I said, I owe, I owe my career to Twitter. Like that's, that's how I got here by being, being on Twitter all the time. So it's like, now that I'm still here, I'm still going to do, you know, I'm still going to do the same damn thing. Yeah. But, yeah. 
but you're like on the other end of that spectrum where like you're you're not as much involved in that and like so kind of I just kind of want to delve into your into your mindset on that like what's how do you use how do you use social media and like what's your approach I guess uh, I you're right in that I'm not that kind like I'm just not a big I don't know I guess I just don't have takes out enough to post on Twitter all the time but <laughs> um, no I just like I don't know I I just I don't know, I don't want to say I'm not good at it, but I just don't find the, I, I don't really know what to say about this, to be honest. I just am not, it's just not something I think I find important for me to like be so involved in Twitter where I need to be like every little news piece that comes out. Like, like we just learned this morning, Alfred Morris is signing with the Cowboys. Like I should probably tweet about that, but I haven't yet just because I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel like everyone needs to know what I think all the time on Twitter. And I understand like it's a community there like to have conversations and be critical and you know get feedback from people and discuss stuff that's going on but I I don't know. I guess I just don't I'm not as established there and I just kind of use it as I use it more as like my news feed than um kind of like me expressing myself. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's kind, it's, of hard, it's kind of hard for me to put into words, but like even on like Sunday mornings on game days, I'm like, I don't even want to look at my Twitter mentions <laughs> right now because there's probably 120 questions of people like, who should I start? Who should I sit? I don't want to answer them. But yeah, and I only bring it up like not, you know, I don't bring it up in any disparaging fashion. I just think it's no, interesting. No. Yeah, this is because like I, like I always say, and a lot of people I think that have been on the show so far will say that like they made a lot of headway, you know, on Twitter and uh, like I like I said like I've met every every connection that I've made in the industry I've, I've met on Twitter and like, you know, and it's like difference again difference between you and I was like when I applied for the nfl.com job like Alex and I already followed each other on Twitter and he had known right, me for right. a while and my he, when he my resume before. popped up it was like, "Oh, I know him. We'll pull pull that out of the giant stack." It's like so Exactly. For me, Twitter has been an advantage, but I, I guess I just brought it. I bring it up just to make the point to the audience that like there are other paths, there are other avenues. Like, and if Twitter really isn't your thing, because because I feel like I default on, and that's a weakness of myself. Like, I feel like I default on that explanation all the time. Like, well, you need Twitter, you need that. But so I bring it up really just to illustrate the point that like maybe you don't like because you've you've made it this far and, and it's not really your thing. So yeah, I, I, it is. It, it is a super valuable tool like to get your name out there if you're if you're just starting up and start following all these guys start getting in just tweet at them see if they hit you back if you start a conversation you you get a follow back from a writer and then that's how you like make these relationships and start writing for these websites and you know if you have an opinion that someone is into then they might take you more seriously but for me like I wasn't you know, when I was writing for like the fake football and sports injury alert, I, I'd like tweet out my articles, but I wasn't like having conversations with people and stuff. And I think I, when I started at NFL, I might've had like 300 followers. So. Um, yeah. And it, like yeah. I said, there's just different, there's just different avenues to take. Like, yeah, definitely. You don't have to have had, you don't have to have had like 40,000 tweets to be hired by a big name company, you know, or yeah. Whatever exactly. god awful number I have now, this is way too much. There's it's no. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. You've had a, you've had a pretty meteoric rise to fame on Twitter. 
Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe if that can ever like get reflected in like my actual in my actual life status, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, but the, the other part is that your work is good and people value like the, the stuff you post about about your wide receivers and people use it as a resource. So, yeah, you know, well, not like I mean, you're just on Twitter doing nothing. You're doing good stuff on there. Yeah, and I definitely I I I share about like my you know obviously I post a thousand dog pictures and like I I have no problem other people are different this way but I have no problem like talking about my my personal life from my professional account and very rarely do I get like a stick to football uh stick to football comment which is nice because yeah. I'm not I'm never please I'm never just gonna stick to football like but yeah. and that actually kind of transitions yeah. to, to the next thing I want to talk about like so you mentioned that you know originally you're a music writer and actually now you just recently started a website mattfranchise.com where you're doing a yeah. little bit of fantasy stuff and there's definitely like I'm, I'm up on the home page right now like there's a fantasy blog and a music blog here too so you're kind of again probing yeah. both parts of your brain so yeah, what's like what, what's the motivation for that i mean it's the off season we have a little bit of extra time and i just want to i feel like music i'm passionate just as passionate about music as i am about football and i wanted some kind of outlet to like write about music because i don't do that as much anymore and i want to get back to that and you know with albums coming out and stuff i like to i like to just write i just like to get my thoughts down and post it and have it out there and i just started this website a couple weeks ago so there's not a, a ton of stuff on there yet but um you know i'm gonna build it up i got a couple i got my running backs like top 20 rankings up there and i'm kind of breaking them down five by five and i've kind of vented about my uh experience trying to get radiohead tickets the other day which was a fail yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at the Radiohead article right now. Uh, everything not in its right place. Scoring Radiohead tickets an impossible task. Yeah, it was just kind of. That's just kind of a train of thought, like account of my experience trying to get Radiohead tickets last Friday, which was a total failure. I was online for an hour in a waiting room and didn't get tickets. But whatever. That story is for another time. But yeah, I just wanna. I just my blog is just to get kind of casually get my. Uh, Get my stuff out there and mattfranchise.com. Follow me on Twitter at mattfranchise. So I just tried to pair it up with my Twitter handle and hopefully people read it. And I got a video. I got a video on there and just for me to kind of vent and get my uh, get my passions out. That's what it's all yeah. about, man. You, you got to like I said, it started with you got to be putting content out somewhere, and you just got to keep putting content out, or you're not you're not going to stay relevant. So. Yeah, and I think it's important too. Like when you're when your job is as a writer, whether it's football or something else. Well, just for for our example, it's football. It's important to write. I think it's important to write about other things and to read yeah. other things. And I like. I don't have. A, I mean, some. I was actually talking about this last night on Twitter because you know, I'm talking about everything on Twitter. Um, like I was saying, I I would I actually wouldn't mind like taking a side like a side gig to like just write about like an opinion based like website sort of thing. Like and a couple people were giving me some suggestions and other people were like, well just post it on your website. I'm like, yeah, but I want to get paid for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but it's in, but it, it is therapeutic and it's, it's good at how I think it really helps you write better in your professional sense when you write it. Cause I don't, I don't write about music or anything. I mean, I love music, not, not, not nearly as like technical and passionate about it as, as you are. Um, 
but I really like writing about like experiences and like the human condition and like emotions and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and so I, I would like to have some sort of outlet like that. So this, this might be something I actually look into doing too, but I, I think it's important if you are, if you're in the industry or if you're trying to get in the industry, like ha you got to have side passions too. And like, don't hesitate to like write about those as well, because it, it, I think it makes you better as a professional writer too. Yeah, definitely. You got to expand your horizons a little bit, be well-rounded and you know, you need to, you need to get your, your passions out somehow, put them, put them in words, put them on video form, do them in audio form, you know, just get it out there and publish it. And then you have something to show people and, you know, and then get on Twitter and get a bunch of followers. <laughs> get a get a good looking dog like we both both franchise and I have. But yeah, franchise. I really want to thank you for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this was, do you have yeah. any other things you want to you want to get off your chest or convey to the audience before we get out of here? I always try to give the guests the floor right before I snatch it out from under them. I just, the last thing I want to say is just go like you don't think if you don't think you can achieve it, just go for it. That's what I did. That's clearly what you've done. And we're here talking about it. So just go for your dreams. If you try hard enough, you can make it happen. And that sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. And we've both lived through it. So just keep going, man. That's all I can say. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it really is the truth. It, it does sound cliche, but like what I'm hoping that this, that this podcast is and, and what this whole whole experience is for, for the listeners and, and for us too is like a, a reminder that like, it can happen to anybody, you know, that, that there, that it is possible. Like, you know, you and I came from completely different backgrounds took completely different paths, but here we are, you know, and living that dream on an everyday basis. Like, and, and I, my, like I said, I just want to convey to the audience, like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you work hard enough, you try, like it, it can happen, like no guarantees that it will, but, but it can happen. And, and, and it's important to just keep at it. But so, yeah, again, want to thank franchise for coming on today. Definitely check out his website, mattfranchise.com. I'm going to read some of these music, uh, some of these music takes as soon as, as soon as we get out of here. Um, but, and again, you know, subscribe to the show on iTunes. I always end it with this, the shameless self-promotion, but it's what you have to do. <laughs> you know, subscribe to the show on iTunes, the Backyard Banter podcast. On, it's on Stitcher as well. It's on SoundCloud. You can follow, uh, you can follow it on my website too, thebackyardbanter.com. And if you dig the show, definitely like leave a rating, leave a review. It's really helpful to have that stuff out there. And, it, you know, always hit me up with feedback too on Twitter. And, and clearly, I'm, <laughs> clearly I'll be on there to see it. So, you know, again, I want to thank Franchise for coming on today. Thank you all for listening and I uh, hope you learned something today.